One, two, three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. It's your host, uh, Scott Needham. I'm an Amazon seller. I've been selling for almost 10 years full time. And uh, I've been doing this podcast for three years. And I am still finding new ways uh, to... I, I keep learning. And today uh, I have with me uh, a very interesting service. Uh, they are doing something that no one else has done and uh, I think they do a, a they make yeah a few things very easy. So I would have with me Paul from Zentail. Before like uh, just a, what's what's a quick blur? What 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 does Zentail do, Paul? Cool. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having uh, me and, and Zentail uh, on Scott. Zentail is a multi-channel platform that sits in the center of uh, brands' e-commerce operations. Uh, you, brands connect their channels and also their other pieces of software to synchronize uh, workflows automate their entire business and manage everything centrally from one place. Cool. I wanted you to describe it just because like sometimes <laughs> I, I don't do a good job of internalizing. So um, I'll tell you a few uh, secrets when I'm walking through like, you know, um, uh, say a conference uh, that's the kind of like e-commerce, whatever. Anytime I see omni-channel, I usually just like blare right past. I'm like, I have had this conversation before. Or, um, or like, I'm like, I am not ready to tackle this business. Like, well, I'm not ready to tackle this right now. Um, and, um, but I stopped at Zentel. Um, that's because you guys have been around for a while. I've yeah. had some conversations and then uh, some interesting things that you brought up. I was like, okay, uh, this is noteworthy. Uh, I think you guys are, uh, are accomplishing something that no one else has. Um, but, uh, so, but, you know, um, I guess we can talk about the omni-channel space. Uh, mm -hmm. and when we're talking omni-channel, we really mean like, you know, you have your e-commerce brand and you want to sell in a lot of different channels, such as like, uh, Newegg, eBay, Walmart. Um, what, what other ones are there? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Google, Wish. Yeah, they, oh, really? they, yeah, but it's not. It's not about like the. Our data shows it's not about the sheer number of marketplaces you're on as a brand, but it's about getting on the right marketplaces that are right for your brand, where your products can actually sell, where you can actually devote time. If Amazon is your breadwinner, and you need to kind of duplicate that effort for a channel that's going to grow your sales by an incremental like one or two percent, it's not going to be worth your time. So as until we focus on the channels that matter specifically within the US. Yes, I like exactly what you said. Like it's, you know, you, you can spray and pray, but like, uh, I think you want to see an opportunity. For example, yeah. if, if you um, uh, have a, an electronics niche like Newegg, and if you position well in Newegg, start to get a few reviews, then those sales actually start to be meaningful. So, yeah. so that's, that's kind of an approach. Um, and as, uh, most of the listeners here are probably have adopted the Amazon FBA uh, program. And so it means their inventory, you know, they don't see it, they don't touch it. And so when they turn on a new channel, the first thought that they have has to be, um, uh, you know, can I do multi-channel fulfillment or, uh, and, 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 and for those that have ever actually never heard of that, 
in Amazon FBA, you can uh, just ship any product in uh, what is an MCF, multi-channel fulfillment. It's a few dollars extra. Um, and, uh, but you can send it to customers to other uh, marketplaces. Yeah, they, uh, it's, it's not extra to, to ship it in a black box. It is a little bit extra, I think 5% uh, currently to use non-Amazon logistics. So it's both a blank box and the Amazon truck doesn't roll up to the customer's door and deliver the package. So it's Amazon's okay. whole channel fulfillment is to be completely like a white label 3PL. Just like they, the, I think they've, ta they've taken a while to finally get to those last little bits. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting because of uh, how much they've actually, I don't think a lot of people really don't talk about how much their last mile uh, has improved over the last few years, you know, uh, just created their own fleet of um, Amazon Prime vans. And, uh, it's, it, you know, as sellers, we don't think about it as much, but, but they kind of flipped the switch between UPS and FedEx over to their own stuff real quick. And so with that additional control, um, now they want to be able to, you know, essentially just be like a 3PL. Is, uh, is that right? Yeah, they... I, I think you know no one's invested more in fulfillment network and fulfillment optimization than Amazon. And there's a ton of these three PLs and four PLs that are that are popping up that really like sellers need to to go multi-channel, like you were alluding to. And if you're per predominantly FBA, how do you go multi-channel without like without uh, some sort of alternative service? Now MCF, but traditionally you would use like a ship whatever, like ship Bob, ship rush, deliver, like there's, you know, so many different options out there. Um, and now there's this really special opportunity where you don't need to split your inventory. You don't need to reduce your cash flow. You don't need to take kind of that um, inventory risk. And do you, so, uh, uh, do you actually have to sell the product on Amazon for it to be in an Amazon fulfillment center? I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it can be completely agnostic, but I I don't think that's predominant use case. The predominant use case is really to, to unlock kind of yeah. for, for additional. Um, it actually may require like because I mean if it, unless they've created a, a a shipping an inbound shipping workflow that is for non Amazon products, every single time I've sent something in, it's through an Amazon listing. So that. Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not actually not quite sure because I just haven't like focused on MCF a ton, but let's hit a few more of the pain points um, and I guess opportunities. Um, so, you know, there's actually uh, an OG in the space that have been around the longest. And if you've been around and you've probably received a few phone calls from them, I told them several times on the phone, I'm like, stop contacting me. And this is a channel advisor. And there's, uh, there's a few things to pick on them for, but like they, they have been around and, um, and uh, uh, I think, you know, Zentel outflanked them and, and at least for like the, uh, the, the new entrepreneur, the, the, the newer sellers as we'll explain, but like um, what really turned me off to them as the, is their was their pricing model was like a percentage of sales. I just, hate that model um and um 
because I don't know, it's just like you're, you're, you're essentially saying what, like, you know, say you're, you have 20% gross margin. Um, if you take 1% of sales, then you have 19%, which is actually 5% of your profits. Yeah. So, um, uh, that turned me off so much. And then they started to get really pushy, like just like, you know, a, a full sales cycle. And, and, um, so, uh, I, I told Paul that like, it's not hard for me to, to, to bash on uh, channel advisor, but, um, so, um, but there is a service that I, I want to touch on, um, that, uh, it, one of the challenges of, uh, selling omni-channel um, is uh, just that your content, creating the listings, managing the listings. And, um, you know, let's say like my private label business and uh, we have a hundred products in Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if I tell them, let's all launch on Walmart tomorrow, um, it's going to be a little tricky because like, you know, that's a hundred images, uh, sorry, hundred times six images, then, you know, all that other content and, and yes. so on and so forth. So, um, what's Zentel's approach to that? Yeah. So, so to take a step back and provide just a, a little bit of history, we were sellers ourselves and we were on a predominantly drop shipping model. We would just connect to any supplier we could. So we were managing hundreds of thousands, if not millions of SKUs. And we went and we shopped around to all these different platforms and they all kind of had the the same thing. You could connect to channels, but then you had to really manage your product data almost manually. There wasn't a, a huge advantage of, of using a platform. You still need to do all the mappings um, against all the channels and, and it included categories and, and attributes and all of these deep item specs and also, you know, the values, like what is the attribute in inches or is it in centimeters or is it in feed and how does that change? Uh, so we built Zentail to tackle the hardest problem first, which was product data and listings. And we built something called the smart type system where we have in Zentail a hyper granular taxonomy that intelligently maps to all of the channels that we connect to. So we understand how to send a piece of data from one, one SKU in Zentail to Amazon, to Walmart, to eBay, to Newegg, et cetera, where the seller now doesn't need to manage any of those mappings, they don't, which also means that they don't need to do any of those change management as those channels change their taxonomy. And, and when we're thinking of mappings, we're talking like very you know, product specific, uh, subcategory specific. So let's say, you know, um, like like a, a shoot, what's what's a really good one that kind of gets graded? Um, let's just say like tennis rackets. You know, there might be uh, some attributes. Like obviously, there's color, weight, um, and specific dimensions that you know only tennis rackets uh, apply to. Yeah. And, but then you jump to another channel, and they again have specifics, or maybe they even don't. Maybe they even don't go to that granular detail, but um, uh, I, I do believe some listings uh, in Amazon, they have to have certain uh, attribute types or you can't even create the listing. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. And, and, and what um, another kind of headache is 
is when you are managing these products manually, it's hard to even understand what attributes are relevant to your product. Maybe that tennis racket is in like a sports category and they have, you know, battery type and um, like club length and all these attributes that are like completely irrelevant to, to a tennis racket. So against a centralized taxonomy, we can actually say, here's the attributes that are relevant for a tennis racket. You say, I'm selling a tennis racket. Oh, That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you need, you know, what, what is the, the size? What is the, the material? Because the sporting goods also has their generic uh, attribute types, but yeah. uh, they don't apply to every single product in sporting goods. Correct. Correct. So it's, so it's about, you know, manage one skew with well, the attributes that really matter. So something funny, Paul, I've actually, so I've been selling for 10 years, but really what that means is I've been like, you know, trying to make our operations more efficient and actually doing a lot of software development myself. I've dabbled in this area, at least uh, creating listings from the catalog perspective on Amazon and total failure. Um, I, I don't think I had the patience to solve this problem in the right way. Um, because, you know, uh, I don't want to deal with like, uh, our, our catalog would be the absolute worst. Like this is my first uh, business where we were a large reseller with uh, about 100,000 SKUs. And I just couldn't uh, get, you know, I, I, I couldn't figure it out or I just had the patience. I didn't want to. It was yeah. a very complicated problem. Um, but it sounds like you guys said that you had, you know, that many SKUs. Yeah. So, um, uh, carry on with like how you were um, setting this up, you know, to, to what you guys built. Yeah, what what you're touching on is is a lot is a reason why a lot of folks fail at omni-channel or multi-channel expansion is because they have they look at their catalog and they say, oh my goodness, it's going to take me years to map these things to Walmart or eBay or wherever, and. Uh, I need to learn this whole thing. I've been on Amazon for two or three years and I've, I've fig finally figured it out. And what happens is they, the brand ends up launching a very small subset of their catalog because they don't want to invest the time because they don't know what the ROI is going to be on the other side. They don't know if they're going to make an extra 5% of GMV, 10%, 0%, 20, 50. Like it's, it's completely unknown. And, and the burden and the risk is really on the brand here. So what, when we talk to marketplaces, when I talk to marketplaces, they want sellers to get their entire catalog live and their entire inventory live. And Zentail looks at, we look at ourselves as much of a marketplace services business as we do a multi-channel platform for brands because we know how brand expansion needs to work in order to be successful for multi-channel. You need to get your entire catalog up. You need to get your inventory available. MCF now unlocks that, which is incredible. It's like the marriage between you know, the, the product data and, and, and the inventory. Our data shows that if you get, um, on Walmart specifically, if you get 80% of your catalog listed or more uh, on Walmart relative to Amazon, then you could see 20% GMV lift on Walmart. But if you're only getting, you know, 5%, 10%, 20% of your catalog list, uh, listed on Walmart, then you're going to see, you know, sub 5% GMV lift. So it's really, it's it's like a numbers game. And, and how do you, how, how do you weigh like the investment upfront versus the, the return? And a lot of folks don't see multi-channel success and it's really hard to kind of even attribute what. So um, I, I think that's actually a constant dilemma in front of entrepreneurs is like weighing the opportunities in front of you mm -hmm. and uh, what's worth 
the effort. Yeah. And um, I would not be surprised if several people listening to this are a little bit frustrated or whatever, because like they tried. Um, they uh, have gone on my channel and um, and they kind of failed and, and, and probably it, it was a mistake for them to do that. I sold over a million dollars on eBay and ultimately we pulled away. It was too much to manage. It was just, uh, it, uh, there, there was a few other like hurdles, like the way that like they integrated with PayPal was like a problem, but like that's a, that's a side story. But essentially all that work right now is not doing much for me. I didn't do it in a, in a methodical way. And so sometimes the opportunity can be a distraction if your strategy to do that is not uh, effective. Because uh, if you build a million dollar revenue business on Amazon, um, you know, you can try and grow another million dollars on Amazon. And that that's a great strategy. That's a great opportunity. Or you can take an easy win at, and go to Walmart, or you can take a hard win or, or, and, or even fail going to Walmart. So like, I'm just like trying to sit, paint a few different opportunities in front of you to essentially say that uh, being disciplined and how you go to another marketplace is, is the definite approach. Like, you know, follow people that have done it right versus the, the hundreds of ways to do it wrong. Yeah, and, and, and as Intel, we're, not just multi-channel cheerleaders, uh, that is our business. I, I think one of the cautionary tales we always tell is if you aren't successful on Amazon, then there's gonna be really hard to be successful somewhere else. Uh, and you know, given the scale of Amazon, you're not, if you can't build a, a, a thriving multi-channel business just on Amazon, then you might not be ready for multi-channel. It might not be, it's, it's, the very similar game. Uh, so unless there's a, a specific reason that's unique to your brand, we always say, you know, achieve success on Amazon. That's going to be where you drive the majority of your sales, um, regardless of how many channels you're on. So crack that nut. And then it's a lot easier to go from Amazon to another channel than it is to still be trying to find your way on Amazon while you're trying to, to expand to, to new channels. Now, Walmart is probably the newest, fastest growing big marketplace. And, um, but I do know that, uh, you know, they don't accept at least the way that multi-channel is set up. You know, uh, you can't do multi-channel on Walmart if those customers are receiving Amazon boxes. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, we were talking about that you guys are looking at solving this problem. Yeah, exactly. And um, kind of like I touched on, the, the two hurdles to expand to a marketplace are, are product data and fulfillment. Uh, and if you are doing those things manually or you need to find you know, fulfillment and install new software, all these things, like it becomes really a really hard equation to say that, to equate to like, yes, let's expand. So with, with Amazon MCF, uh, it's a it's a new opportunity for sellers to reduce the friction to near zero using like a, a Zentail for their listings and an auto configuration of MCF. Why doesn't Amazon, why doesn't why don't folks like Walmart like MCF? Because they're competitive. They're competitive to uh, Amazon. They have their own fulfillment services. They, you know, Walmart also announced that they're doing multi-channel fulfillment as well through WFS uh, coming soon. 
But when we talk to when we talk to folks like Walmart and we talk to other marketplaces with their own fulfillment, it still is a tremendous hurdle for a brand that wants to go multi-channel to now split their inventory and send it to WFS before they know what sells, before they know even what items to send in, before they know how much to send in, before they even know if Walmart is a place they want to be on the long, for the long term. And if you look at it from like a WFS standpoint, they don't want inventory from sellers that might not be there long term or products that might not sell or you know they want they want high turnover too so how do you build a funnel to those other first party fulfillment services mcf is that path too it helps the brands get live on a new channel like a walmart or ebay quickly easily they understand what sells they understand how much is selling it and if they want to start using those first party fulfillment services it's no longer a point of friction but it's a point of optimization right and, and there there's benefits to using those first party fulfillment as well so okay. it really unlocks i think an opportunity for fulfillment as well on these other channels uh, yeah no i actually now see walmart's advantage to that and why they would kind of say yes to mm -hmm. that if they can make a a, a a neutral uh you know get rid of the brand kind of black box because then the next shipment they're more likely to actually be used wfs mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so. exactly. Like, get, let's onboard brands to WFS once we know that they're going to be successful. We know what's selling. They can actually project and manage their inventory. That's cool. Okay. Well, um, I'm half sold. Uh, let's let's get all. Let no. Here, here, I'm I'm setting you up. Um, let's get all the way there. I've got a brand that does about 2.5 million on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, 120 products, and um, you know, pretty solid reviews, but it's competitive. And um, we've had a hard time growing it, in spite of the fact that uh, you know uh, I've got this podcast where I bring in experts and we talk about how we can improve it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I see I see something here, and um, how long uh, would it take for uh, me to take this Amazon FBA focused business uh, to? Uh, uh, to Walmart. And, um, you know, the good thing is actually it's in a few different categories. Uh, so, you know, we, we might find like a win here or there, um, but take me through those steps and like, uh, what do you think are the biggest hurdles there? Yeah, I think the great question, the, the way that it would work and, and just to cut to the chase, like how fast it could be a matter of like minutes or hours. Okay. And how and, and like how does that work? So what we do is generally we'll we pull product data from the best available source or sources. Usually that's Amazon. So we can tap into your Amazon data and we can pull uh, everything that you've given Amazon is your data. Every pro, every piece of product information that you've entered into Seller Central or wherever you own that data. So we pull is this like the is this that like a catalog report? The, yeah, uh, yeah, you're talking about the category listings report. Yeah, PLRs. Yeah, we we use we use those. Um, that is, we, we've actually we've we, we're sunsetting those, and now we can use an API that Amazon yes. is. Yeah, they finally they finally uh, put that on the API. Yeah, it's not done, oh, but crap. but it, <laughs> they uh, they still need to build out all of the uh, like the product types. Um, and the taxonomy is underneath of this API, but it's coming soon and it's coming fast and, and we're already using it. So we can pull in all of your product, uh, Amazon product data. 
we assign those to those smart types that I was talking about, those, those Zentail specific smart types. So we understand how to map you know, an, a piece, an Amazon product to a smart type. Then we show you, you know, all the, uh, we combine the FBA SKUs and the merchant fulfilled SKU. So you're only managing one SKU in Zentail, uh, one SKU for all your channels, including FBA, including merchant fulfilled. And the hardest part from there is potentially augmenting that data with requirements that exist on a different marketplace that don't exist on Amazon. Like maybe uh, Walmart requires package weight and Amazon doesn't or um, like a battery is required or something like that. We make it easy to fill those things in in bulk. We infer, we can infer most of it too. Like we know if you're selling a tennis racket, there's no batteries in it. So you don't need to explicitly say, you know, what if there are or aren't. Uh, and then it's audit, then it's fulfillment. That's the other piece. So if we can use MCF, um, which we can for, for most channels and, and Walmart here coming soon. We can start automatic. We automatically configure your FBA inventory. Part of that, uh, depending on what fulfillment centers it's in an FBA will already be blank box eligible. Something like 80% on average is already blank box eligible. So you're ready to go. Oh, so it's, it's blank box. Uh, I thought you were saying black box. <laughs> that would be a cool name for it. No, uh, blank box. Yeah, like, bl blank box. Yeah, that just means that like there's no Amazon branding on it. Exactly, like a uh, completely. Uh, it, people also call it like a brown box too. But yes, yeah. it's, it's unbranded, uh, and then and then you're ready to go. So so in our experience, like the the long the, the longest part of this whole thing is applying to the the marketplace. If you haven't done that already, then you get your products and inventory ready to go in, in potentially minutes. But then it might take three weeks for you to get approved on Walmart or eBay or something like that. Okay. Um, well, uh, I think, oh, there, there's so much to tie into there, but um, I really like the idea of a centralized uh, catalog management. That's, I think sometimes they call that like a PIM. Uh, uh, what does that stand for again? Product information management. And, um, and that, that, yeah, it's like a central location of all of that. And um, at its core, that kind of is a little bit like one of Zentel's, you know, core offerings, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and specifically kind of the, the smart types and the smart listings on, on top of that. If you're selling tennis rackets and you know, there's 20,000 sellers selling tennis rackets, why do you all have to do the same mappings? Why do you all have to like maintain the same like uh, business rules and, uh, and workflows there. Why can't there be a smart system underneath that that just understands what's required to sell optimally create a listing for tennis rackets? And that's that's what Zentail's approach is: like making e-commerce simple, not having every seller have to do the same actions that every other seller does. Okay. Um, well, uh, I was halfway there. You've gotten me all the way there. As as I've gone through this podcast, I've probably been sold more than anyone else because. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. And I actually feel like if anything, I didn't want to do Walmart, uh, manually. Um, I, that's what scared me. That's why I was like, no, no, no. And, um, it would be a mistake to just like, you know, launch one product at a time, uh, of my catalog of 150 and then like, you know, and then as the orders come through, don't have any sort of automated system that, uh, you know, shoots off those MCF orders. 
Um, so yeah, I, uh, I've actually been a critic of Walmart in some respects because if uh, like, if you, if, if it takes away from your time of like real growth opportunities, then like, then, you know, it's all about like the right way you do something more than it is what you do. Yeah. It, I, I see that all the time. I, and, and one of our ethos is you need to manage everything. You need to take, be able to take one action that propagates across multiple channels. Uh-huh. If you look at it just like I have, you know, eight, 10, 12, whatever hours in the day. Am I going to spend four hours on Amazon? Like if you're, you know, if you think about it, like a browser tab, am I going to spend four hours on the Amazon tab and four hours on the Walmart tab? Like what's my ROI? It's way higher on the Amazon tab. But if it's like, I'm going to take one action and that's going to improve Amazon and Walmart and Shopify and all my other channels, then the ROI, then the math starts working really nicely. Yeah. But, um, it's, uh, yeah, just like incremental value, you know, when you do something, uh, when you improve something that you continue can like to use that improvement over time. Um, I, uh, just to criticize and, uh, hit that home. I think one of the weaknesses, uh, many of my audience know that I have a business called buy boxer. That's a large reseller on Amazon. And, um, we went really wide with it and we don't have a lot of investment in the products. And that's actually kind of one of the weaknesses is like, if we improve a product or if we like get ungated or uh, uh, you say something happens and we fix it, we're so uninvested in these products. We don't retain a lot of value from that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, uh, you know, on the flip side, when you have a catalog of a hundred ASINs, that do a few million a year collectively, any like little, like every little thing that we do that improves it, we retain that value. And uh, so it's all about actions that, that do that. So um, yeah, I think, I think we're kind of dancing around that a little bit, that, that, that idea that you, you turn the right leaf and then like, you know, six, six months down the road, um, you're still like benefiting from that. And um, yeah. Yeah, you know, that, that's something that, um, you know, we, we preach is uh, called a quality listing flywheel, where it really starts with like high quality listings, and that creates better rankings and uh, people can find customers can find you using the, the filters on the sidebar. So your products are seen more, they are higher converting, the customer understands what they're buying better, so that you have fewer returns and better customer experiences. And then you build more five-star reviews and ultimately uh, like the five-star reviews is the new brand reputation. So, and that, and that creates the moat, uh, right? That's, that starts to be self-propagating there um, that feeds back into itself. So if you can lead with a really high quality listing, uh, it's really hard if you have a huge catalog and you're not sure like what's going to sell or not. And, but if you're using um, a Zentail, then all of your listings can be high quality. You can start to build those moats and activate that flywheel. Okay, cool. Well, um, I think we've hit, you know, some of the main things, um, mm-hmm. but like every business is a little bit different. And so if, um, it, how can people, uh, you know, reach you guys, find out if, if, it, if it makes sense for them and um, uh, what's, what's a good call to action here? Cool. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we're very consultative. Like we don't want folks to use Entail that aren't going to see an ROI. Like that's just not good business. Uh, we want to really help grow brands. We're managing billions of dollars with GMV right now. You can find us in the 
Amazon Seller Central App Store. You can find us on Zentail.com. You can find us on all, all of the social channels as well. You're you're managing multiple uh, billions of dollars of GMV. Well, I watch it. <laughs> I watch it happen and I don't participate in it. Um, so that's actually, that's pretty impressive to say that you're, uh, uh, you know, you, you guys manage uh, that. Um, so um, that's, uh, that's really cool. Um, I'm going to talk to my brand manager right after this. I, um, I knew about Zentel for a long time. I just didn't know if it was the right fit for my first business versus like right now. I'm like, okay, now I have another private yeah. label business. I'm like, let's, let's lean into this. And um, yeah. All right. Well, um, Paul, uh, can you leave our listeners with a, uh, a smart hack, you know, either in business or in life, something that uh, has made a difference uh, for, for you? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say something personal. Uh, Perfect. I think that uh, what I've come to understand is that all of my experiences in life happen from within myself. It's not something external that is affecting me. It's how I'm uh, perceiving that internally. Uh, like if something feels cold or hot, it's only because it's relative to my body temperature. So I have felt that. Uh, what's helped me in life is taking more per that's helped me take more personal responsibility. Like I am responsible for the way I am and the way I uh, act in the world and responsibility isn't taking blame. It's just having the ability to respond to every situation. I love it. Is that, um, I mean, is that kind of like stoicism at its core or? Um, it, it might be. Uh, I'm, I look at it from a yoga perspective. Which okay. Is, yeah. But yeah. I think it's probably similar to some stoic uh, principles. Okay. I uh, love it. Uh, so, okay. Well, thank you so much, Paul. Uh, Thanks for having uh, me, Scott. I uh, hope to, you know, I, I hope that like in, in three to six months, um, I'm able to talk about some of our uh, multi-channel fulfillment uh, success stories. And that when I walk past an omni-channel solution at a conference, I don't walk by it because I'm not ready. I walk by it because I've already got it solved. Heck yeah. That's all. How's that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, uh, um, I actually will ask my listeners, uh, something interesting has happened. Uh, Spotify now allows for reviews on uh uh, if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, you know, tap the five star, um, help us, uh, help us grow. And I appreciate that. Um, and, uh, stay tuned and, uh, we'll catch you next week. One, two, three. Yeah.